0: So we have been in a series on the Book of Ephesians. We've been marching on through George. I heard was awesome last week as we, he walked through Ephesians six five through nine. We just did it backwards a little bit because that's what he was working on, and the schedule got all messed up. But we are in a section about the family. We were in marriage a couple of weeks ago. George did work, but it's this idea that the the Spirit of God comes and is and is made manifest through us as we do these things. These in a sense, normal things as a people, as, a, as humans. But for us, there is so much more meaning behind them. This morning, we have an exciting one. It's going to be one about parenting and about kids, how to be parents and how to be kids. But we are going to pray before we do. and We're going to have slides this morning. They're working on that right now. So let's pray. God, thanks for your great mercy. We love you. We know that you have this text for us, this passage for us. We know that you love all of your people. Everyone in this room has been created in your image. And you did not just put us on earth just to live our lives out and then die and then go away. No, you, lived, you set us on this earth that we might find you, know you, trust you, love you, and believe you. I pray that we would see you today in your scriptures, your amazing written and holy word. It is your revealed word to us. God bless us now through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the lives of moms, dads, and their kids can be described as one word, adventure. And I experienced that the last week. We were in New York City and Washington, D.C. We did not stop. We just kept on going. Museum after museum, Statue of Liberty, Abraham Lincoln Memorial, all the stuff. We saw everything. Being with your kids, being a kid is is an adventure. Highs, lows, love, intimacy, fun, excitement, and as you probably all know, failures. Or as the modern lingo might go, fails. Parents mess up. Kids mess up. Recently, it's become a thing on the internet for parents to post online pictures of their parenting failures. Let me show you some of them. This one is called, We Are Good Parents, I Swear. She was okay. This one is called, Once Upon a Time I Sent My Daughter and My Husband Off to Buy Her Some Nice New Clothes. This is a good one. Nine-hour flight to Budapest. No problem. We're an experienced family of travelers. This one is titled, I took this picture. The baby was fine. I still get hate mail about it occasionally, even a couple of years after the fact. The baby was fine. Here's my favorite one. Mixed up pajama day and picture day. Son was not pleased. (laughs) Parenting and being a kid is an adventure full of highs, full of lows, love and growth, pain and joy, successes and yes, failures. What's amazing is that this text speaks to all of us and it shows that God has not left us alone. He has something to say to us. He used his apostle Paul, even though he wrote this passage 2,000 years ago, and it's for us today. And it's not relevant simply because it's right. It's because Paul is writing for God. So really we are listening to God, the God who created us and loved us, the God who wants to help us be kids for some of you, and moms and dads for the others. So we're going to read our scripture, but we're going to do something a little bit different. In honor of the Holy Word of God, I want everyone to stand together. And I'm going to read it out loud for us. Let's all stand together. Ephesians 6, 1-4. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is God's word. You may be seated. Okay, so the two points this morning. The first point is going to be to the kids. Second to the parents. So kids, here we go. Here we go. Kids, here is your job. Here is part of your job on earth. To obey your parents in Jesus. To obey your parents and Jesus. And that's what the text says. You see that there? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So I'm going to give a kind of a, a diagram to help us along. We can kind of follow along Paul, follow him, follow him along with this thing. So we have, first we have children. There they are. Next, what do we have? Obey. Your parents. Makes pretty pretty good sense, right? Now, what is obedience? What is that? What does it mean to obey? Obedience is doing something that someone tells you to do, right? Usually a teacher at your school, a police officer. Now, the Bible was originally written in the language called Greek. Greek. Koine Greek. And that word, obey, it can mean also something like answering the door when you hear a knock. So when someone rings the doorbell, what do you do? If you're with your parent, you go to the door with them and you see who it is. You should answer the door. Well, obedience is kind of like that. When your parents knock, you answer. When you give, when they give a command, you obey. When they give you rules to live by in your house, right in the world, you remember them and you follow them. As long as it does not lead outside of God's will or word, your primary job as a kid is to obey your mom and your dad. Now, I know that obedience is hard. Obedience is really difficult. I understand that. I understand that sometimes that our parents ask us things that make it sound like they are crazy people. When they say things like clean your room, how do you feel about that? I know what you're thinking. I like my room the way it is. It looks like that on purpose. Or when they say to us, you need to go to sleep, you need to stop watching TV or or stop reading, what do we say? I don't need sleep. When they say it's time to get up and go to school or go to church, what do we say? I need my sleep. Now, why should you obey them? Why should you obey your mom and your dad, even when you think it's crazy? Why is this so important to God? Well, Paul's answer, if you saw it there, is that it is right to obey. It is right to obey. So let's go through some reasons why we would think that it would be a good thing to obey our parents. Well, there's the first one. We should obey our parents because they they love you. Your parents love you. Your boys and girls, when you were born, your parents loved you so much. But even before that, when they found out you were going to be born, when you were in your mommy's tummy, they loved you. They loved you so much. And this only grew when you finally entered into the world and they laid their eyes on you. And that love never fades. It increases. Now that love is important because of this. Is, it, is it, are, the, are the slides skipping ahead somehow? They shouldn't be skipping ahead that fast. Because I can do this up here, just FYI. Oh, sorry, there was a tactical malfunction back there. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. It's going to be good. It makes sense. It's not some random picture just, <laughs> just thrown in there. Why should you love your parents because of sheep? Your parents love you, and that means that they will do whatever it takes to grow you up in Jesus. You should obey your parents because what they say to you, what they want you to do, is for your own good. It is so that you will flourish and grow up. Even when they give you a command or a decision they know will be hard for you to follow, they do it anyway. Okay, here's the sheep. There's the sheep right there. What's going on with that sheep? He's taking a bath right? Can you imagine what that, what, what that sheep is thinking? You are trying to kill me. Actually, my favorite part of this picture is this guy over here. He's looking at this going, oh, no. Now, what the sheep's owner doesn't know, what that sheep can't know because it's a sheep, is that the owner is trying to save him. He's trying to save him. That water is full of disinfectant. It's like a medicine. It's killing all the germs, that are trying to get into its beautiful coat. So what seems to that sheep like the absolute worst thing in the world is actually the best thing for him. In a sense, that owner is loving his sheep. But how much more do our parents love us? So when we grow up, we often feel like that, don't we? Mom, why did you take my phone away? Mom, why are you making me clear the table? Mom and dad, why are you making me do long division? Mom and dad, why do I have a curfew? And the answer is because they love you. They love you and they want what is best for you. That's why you should obey them. Okay, here's the second thing. You should obey your parents because they are doing their job. Not like the patriots, that's not what I mean. They're doing their job that someone else gave to them. Who gave them their job? God gave them their job. So Paul says in verse 2, what does it say? That's a famous verse. Honor your father and your mother. Does anyone know what what a commandment that is? Commandment number 5. Commandment number 5. To honor your father and your mother is to respect them. And when when you do, what you're doing is you're respecting their job. You are honoring what they are supposed to do. So we can actually add to our diagram. So we have children. They obey parents. Well, what do parents do? Parents obey God. They obey God. They obey God by raising you in the Lord. They obey God by doing their job to raise you as best as they can. And so when they do obey, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Now, when you obey them, you are helping them. See that? When you obey your parents, you are helping them do their job of obeying God to raise you. Your parents, your mom and your dad have been given a tremendous responsibility. Can you help them to do that? If you want to, then you should obey them. Okay, third, you should obey your parents because you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Another way you could say it is that things will go well for you. So, Paul says that honor your father and your mother has a verse or has a promise attached to it. Let's read that verse. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see that down there? So, you honor your father and your mother, and the promise is that it may go well with you. That is an amazing thing. When you obey your parents, something good will happen. So we can finish this out. We can finish this little diagram out. Children obey parents. Parents obey God. Now, when all of this is happening really well, what happens? God blesses you. That's what Paul is saying. God blesses you. When you obey your parents, you will be blessed by him. And to be blessed simply means that your life will go better. Obedience, we know, leads to all sorts of good things. By listening to your parents, we grow in maturity. By doing what they say, we grow in knowledge and ability. By listening to what they say, we grow in contentment and happiness. Now, I know that obedience doesn't feel like a blessing now, but in the future, this promise says that you will flourish, that the church will flourish. Now, just let's say one more thing about this. There is one person in your life, more even than your parents or your grandparents, that you can look to when you're thinking about obedience. When your parent says something to you that you don't want to do, I want you to think about this one person, this one person that you can be like and follow after. I think you know his name. His name is Jesus. Jesus was obedient to the two people a set of people and another person first he was obedient to who his parents his own parents Mary and Joseph just think of that Jesus created everything everything even Mary and Joseph and yet when he come down here and when he came down here and he humbled himself what did he do he obeyed his parents he did what they said but then when he was out of his house when he went on his journey towards Jerusalem He obeyed someone else. He didn't just obey his earthly parents. He obeyed his heavenly father. And we know that he obeyed him so far that he died on a cross for us. He obeyed his father so that we might live. So that you might be blessed. So kids, that's the first point. Your job, one of your primary jobs on earth, is to obey your mom's and your dad's. Okay, Here's the second one. Now, This is to the parents. Here we go. Moms and dads, your job is to raise your kids in Jesus. As parents, your job is to raise your kids in Jesus. So verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's it. That's all he gives you. But there's so much there. And the first thing we need to understand is that when he says fathers there, he doesn't just mean fathers. He doesn't just mean that fathers do the parenting. And we know that he just said that, that kids are to honor both fathers and mothers. They're to honor them both. So this teaching is for both moms and dads. Now he singles men out for a very specific reason. And the reason has to do with that idea of, father, of, of the father provoking his children to anger. Why say this? Why write that at the time? Well, the reason is sad and it's troubling. At that time, Roman Greek culture did not value children like we do today. We might be a little bit helicoptery today with our kids, but it's much better than we were back then. Parents, especially their fathers, had nearly unlimited rights over their children's lives. Here's how one historian put it. At the head of the Roman family was the paterfamilias the father the, who exercised the sovereign authority over all members of the family the paterfamilias has a full has a full right of disposal over his children as over slaves and things as you can imagine this meant a whole host of things that I can't even mention here but a general devaluing and mistreatment of children and so you can imagine how easy it would have been for a father to provoke at that time their children to anger. But that does not go away, does it? We still have the tendency to provoke our kids to anger, and so we must take heed. Being a dad is not easy. Being a mom is not easy. It takes patience and wisdom and the ability to balance gentleness and firmness. And so it takes a tremendous sacrifice on our part. I think that we provoke our kids to anger when Essentially, we're being lazy. When we're self-centered. When we believe that our kids are encroaching on our time, our money, on our space. And so we yell at them unnecessarily. We give them some harsh punishment or we don't explain a command that we give to them. Paul is asking us to is, is telling us to ask this question of ourselves. How can we parent in a way that honors and treasures our children as humans made in the image of God? That is the only way to treat a neighbor. Not in a way that provokes them to anger. Jen Wilkin wisely writes this. She says, it's true that our kids are God-given responsibilities. We are to steward. But we will only steward them as we should by remembering that first and foremost, our children, our people, we are to treasure. When we treasure our children as as our neighbors, we remove from our discipline any hint of condemnation, shame, or contempt. We alter our language to communicate love and value, even when we must speak words of correction. And we will replace our prayers of, please fix my frustrating child with prayers of, please help me to love the little neighbor you have placed in my home, even as you have loved me. The golden rule goes not just for our neighbors, but the children in our lives who are our neighbors. And that's somewhat negative. Do not provoke your kids to anger. But positively, Paul says that you should also bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So this is the positive explanation of how you're to parent your kids. So let's walk through each of these one by one. First, you are to bring them up. That is a beautiful phrase in the Greek. John Calvin, the great reformer, he, uh, when he was doing his own translation, he decided to say that it, is, it should be translated, let them be fondly cherished. So it's not even just like you would bring up a plant. No, this is something different. You should cherish them and love them and care for them. I think this stems from something we said a couple of weeks ago about marriage. Remember this? We said that the husband who's the leader is to care for his wife as Christ cared for the church. And then he gives that illustration that it is like him caring for his own body. So our kids are the same way. They are a part of us. We care for them as we would Our own selves. Okay, so how do you do it? How do you fondly cherish your child? Well, he lists out two things. First one is in the discipline. Can you go back one? Bring them up in the discipline. In the discipline. So the idea here is actually positive. I know that sounds negative, but it's actually positive. We are to model, teach, encourage godly patterns in life. Remember that we are not mainly here, maybe this is going to be radical to say, we are not mainly here to make our kids successful. Our job as parents is not mainly to make our kids athletically or financially successful. We can help them to do that, but more than that, we are to help them obey. And not just us, we are to help them obey The Father, more important than financial or physical health is spiritual health. Your kids might be great athletes and spend hours of the week at a rink or on the court. But will they be able to stand for Christ when the time comes? Your child may become a great intellectual force, get into the best colleges. But will they choose to walk in holiness when temptation comes their way? In other words, it is not mainly about what they do that matters to us. It is about how they will do it. And that is only determined by who they are. My, fa- my favorite parenting book is called Shepherding a Child's Heart. We don't just shepherd their behavior. We are shepherding their very hearts. How are you doing that with your kids? How are you shepherding their hearts? Okay, the second thing is there, instruction of the Lord. So this is actually then on the negative side. If discipline is positive, this is a little bit on the negative side. Admonishment, warning, active discipline. And so it means not letting your kids get away with everything and anything. It means working diligently with different techniques, maybe even spanking, to help them obey you. Parents, when they are doing their jobs, when they are trying to help their children obey, sometimes must stand their ground, hold the line, no matter how uncomfortable. Proverbs 13.24 says this, The one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Love means being so careful to discipline them. When we help our children to obey, how much more likely will they be to obey the Lord in the future? I hope that my kids are better at praying than I am. I hope that my kids are better at giving than I am. I hope that my kids are able to follow Christ, even when the cost is high, better than I can. We are to raise up our kids so that they have obedience and faith and compassion and grace. Obedience in their marriages, obedience in their work, and obedience in their parenting. In other words, when we help our children to obey, what we are doing them up is to set them up for this amazing and wonderful life. Obedience to their true parent. Obedience to their father, God. No wonder he promises blessing to them. Parenting is an adventure. Being a kid is an adventure. A fun, loving, deeply intimate adventure. But it is also hard. We know that. There are so many failures. And so I leave you with this. Parents and kids, you are not alone. You are being held by God in His grace. For children, you are being brought up in the Lord. See that there? Obey your parents in the Lord. Now that means a couple of things, but at the very bottom it means that God is with you in this. He loves you and cares for you. He's growing you and protecting you. He is even helping you to obey. For parents at the very bottom, there it says you are to raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now that means a lot of things, but at the very base of it, it means that God is with you. He is building the house, the psalmist says. He is taking your mistakes and using them for the good of your family. He puts up with our our angry outbursts. He forgives our selfishness. Friends, the Lord loves and cares for you, for all of you. He is our true Father. He has adopted us into His family. And so as we all seek Him in obedience, may we all rest in Him together. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for our beautiful, wonderful children. We know that they are gifts to us. But unless you are working by your spirit, we will squander these gifts. We will let our children go. We will not help them to obey. I don't know what that outcome will be. Sometimes it ends well. Sometimes it won't. God, help us to do what we have been called here to do. So for the kids, I pray that you would help them to obey. It's not easy. We want to have our own stuff. We want to have our own time. We don't want to be told what to do. Help them to do it. Help them to see their parents as loving and wise. Help them to do their job that they have been called to do. And God, for parents, give them grace for me. Give me grace So many failures. So many times where my kids should be written off for things I have done and said. Forgive me, forgive us, and continue to use us and grow us. And Lord, would you help us to all flourish? God, parenting, obeying is not just for our own little families. It's not even just for this church. It is for this world when you see us acting in obedience, when you see us obeying you to the ends of the earth, others will see it and be changed by it. God, may you be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.